Accomplishment Coaching is proud to present the following fine programming. Accomplishment Coaching, where coaches lead and leaders coach. AccomplishmentCoaching.com Welcome to The Coaching Show with your host, Master Certified Coach, Christopher McCollum. Well, thank you, Dick Warren, and thank you, my dear listener, for joining us. Uh, We're here on the 22nd of November. This is notable in two ways, perhaps. All right, perhaps not. You've got me. On that one, but the uh, the things I was thinking of is tomorrow's a holiday in uh, North America, meaning the United States, not really Canada, called Thanksgiving, and a lot of people's families are getting together. A lot of people are turning their attention to the plights of less fortunate people and to gratitude for the people and things and events of their life. And I invite you to take a moment and do the same, whether your relations are with us or not, whether you're near or far. Please take a moment and turn your hearts and your gratitude and your minds to all that we do have, all that we get to be and do in this amazing world. And thank you, of course, my dear listeners, for joining us each and every week to find out more about coaching and the people that are defining, supporting, and sometimes disrupting our industry. But I don't take it for granted, and I don't take your listenership for granted. I know that you're busy and got a lot to do. And I want to thank you very much for being here. As you may recall, we've got a shout-out to do each segment of this program. The first is to the International Coach Federation. I am delighted, proud, honored, and um, completely aligned with our media partnership with the International Coach Federation. We're now in our fourth year of being a media partner at the International Coach Federation. It gives us an opportunity to support the fine folks of the Association. Also known as the ICF, the International Coach Federation is the leading global organization dedicated to advancing the coaching profession. And they do that by setting high standards, providing independent certification and credentials for coaches, providing ongoing education and continuing education for coaches, and building a worldwide network of trained coaching professionals. Last week, we were delighted to have the Director of Education and Research from the International Coach Federation with us. And they're also the largest storehouse in the world of information, research, and learnings in coaching. So if you've got nothing else to do, or if you, when you have a moment, go to coachfederation.org. And yes, check out the events, check out the things and benefits they have for members, but also check out that research incredible archive. It is the world's largest organization of professionally trained coaches, and you can find... Um, coach training and accredited coach training programs available on their website. In addition, your ICF membership and credentials elicit instant credibility in the world for members, for you, for those organizations that are looking for coaches and want to ensure quality. The ICF is committed to connecting professional coaches with the tools and resources they need to succeed in their careers. To learn more about the ICF, to find out what they're up to, to stay up to date, go to coachfederation.org. Or follow them on Twitter at at, that's right, I said at at, ICFHQ. ICF on Twitter is at at ICFHQ. Uh, there's also an ICF representative on this year program each quarter. And as I said, uh, if you haven't listened to it already, go back to the archive and listen to uh, Mark Rich and, and the director of research and education and the incredible studies that they're doing 
along with PricewaterhouseCoopers, so you know it's legit and expensive. Um, what else do I want to let you know? Well, that's it for the shout-outs. We will continue our, our shows through the end of this year, and then we've got another entire year of uh, extraordinary shows lined up for you. So if you haven't already, please subscribe to our podcast, and you can do that either by going to our website, thecoachingshow.com, because I'm a genius at naming stuff, or um, by any, you know, uh, iTunes or any place fine podcasts are available. But we'd love to hear you each and every week. And if you like, just come and listen live here at wsradio.com, which is the worldwide leader in Internet talk. All right. Let's just get to it. I don't have a guest co-host today. Everybody's too busy buying and stuffing their turkey. That was not a euphemism. And um, uh, it's just me and a couple of genius people here and you. So our first guest is a visionary human resources and business innovation strategist. He's got successes across for-profit, not-for-profit, and public sector organizations. Currently the Chief Human Resources Officer for the Henry M. Jackson Foundation in Bethesda, Maryland. Previously, he was the Chief Human Resources Officer at AARP. He's also held roles as Director for HR Strategy at both the Library of Congress and the Government Accountability Office, the GAO, and as the Chief Human Capital Officer at the Federal Election Commission. We're delighted to welcome to our microphones for the first time author, visionary, and human resources leader, John Sigmund. Hello, sir. Well, hello, Chris. Thank you so much for having me. It's uh, a great pleasure to be here with you. Thanks for being had, as we like to say. John, look around outside. <laughs> where do you find yourself today? Where, where are you? Well, I am uh, actually in Bethesda, Maryland, looking out over a uh, beautiful green lawn on a nice sunny autumn day uh, with a nice pond and some beautiful birch trees uh, surrounding it. It's just a a glorious day, and I'm really thankful that you helped me kind of get reconnected with the gratitude that uh, I should probably be connected to all the time, but uh, thank you for that. You and me both, brother. Thank you. (laughs) Exactly. I know know that you want to talk about your journey a bit, and I'm happy to do that in a a while, but I think that if most of our listeners had the opportunity for a, a thought leader in human resources, what we would want to know is a couple of things. You know, on a, on a selfish level, I think a lot of coaches would like more organizations and more HR departments to know about them so that they could be hired or work inside of organizations. In terms of what you know from your broad experience in HR, is there a, is there a secret path? Is, is there a secret meeting of HR professionals where you pass around the names of coaches? Or what's a great approach for a coach who would like to work with a specific organization? Yeah, that's a great that's a great question. Uh, so I would recommend uh, sort of I don't mean this in, in the way that it sounds, sort of trolling around through uh, the Society for Human Resources Management. I think that that's a great uh, a great opportunity. Other associations also uh, utilize sort of a catalog, if you will, of coaches. So, for example, uh, I am a fellow in the American College of Healthcare Executives, and so if you have some you know, coaching aspirations for people in healthcare executive roles. Uh, you should probably check them out. They have uh, they have a little vetting process that they go through, but they have a resource directory for coaches uh, for their members. And so I would start uh, I would start there. 
uh, and then just get to know uh, people who are in the HR profession. Uh, and probably the easiest way to do that is become a member of the Society for Human Resources Management. It's not overly expensive. I think it's you know 150 or so dollars a year, uh, and that kind of clues you into a little bit about what's going on. They have conferences, other sorts of things. It might be a great opportunity for people to kind of band together and maybe uh, get a booth uh, at a, at a conference, something like that. But I think that's a point well taken, and that is that you know the HR space seems to be quite a black box for a lot of people. Indeed, and and then because of the clamor, the the baying howls of the hungry coaches outside the walls, sometimes I think HR professionals sort of insulate themselves from contact with HR, with uh, coaches that they may not know or have vetted. Is um, is there some besides sort of going where the HR professionals? Are. Is there a way into an organization that's not through HR, or is that always the best portal? No, uh, that's not always the best portal, uh, unfortunately. Uh, so I'll just kind of uh, speak frankly about that. I think a lot of times the best portal is, like a lot of things in this world, through personal relationships. Uh, and so if you, uh, so here's my challenge. If you know someone who has recently gotten a promotion at, the, at their work or what have you, uh, that's a perfect opportunity to find out will their organization sponsor you to have an executive coach or a coach uh, to help because the statistics are fairly alarming uh, with people who move from one level of an organization to another level in terms of quote-unquote failure rate. Mm -hmm. So your ability to be successful and to leverage all of the things that you did in your previous role, in your new role, it really is extraordinarily helpful to have a coach. And so I think if you, in your comings and goings, your cocktail parties or what have you, if you run across somebody who's recently gotten a promotion, that's really a perfect entree, uh, I think, to kind of get yourself into that organization. Unfortunately, I don't think always that HR is the best route uh, to do that. Thanks for that uh, clarity and, and the candor. And I heard inside there uh, a call for something that's very near and dear to my heart. People, we need to be having more cocktail parties. That's what I want to say. <laughs> we, we just, there's not enough milling around and mixing and, you know, intermingling with cocktails. So let's do that. Um, well, I think, I, I think to just, just to that point real quick, I think that, you know, on the East Coast, you know, we don't have enough dinner parties out here. That's uh, fair like, enough. Like on, the West, like on the West Coast, lots of dinner parties you can go to and, and mingle with folks. Here we just don't have that. True. And uh, while we're at it, let's have people raise the level of bourbon that they serve at their cocktail party. All Perfect. right. Uh, now that we've gotten the important stuff out of the way, <laughs> uh, you are the author of uh, The Empowered C-H-R-O. And you have a lot to say about leadership in human resources. I want to give you a, a sort of a bully pulpit for a moment to say what you think, if there are HR professionals or aspiring HR professionals <coughs> listening today, what do you want them to know or think about? What's, a, what's, what's the important topic in HR leadership? Yeah, so that's a great. Uh, thank you for that entree. I uh, so I, here's what I would suggest uh, to anyone who is in HR or aspiring to be in HR is uh, the HR does not exist for its own sake. Uh, we exist uh, to promote and advance uh, the people in our organization and to advance it and promote our organizations through through people. Uh, and I think that sort of the traditional sort of way of thinking about HR uh, is perhaps not necessarily misplaced, but a little limited. And so if we think about work, 
uh, and what the world of work looks like, uh, the scientists tell us that uh, right now the first person to live to be 150 years old has already been born. Wow. Now, if you sort of take that at face value, uh, what does that mean for work? Well, that means that people will be work that their careers will be much longer. Thankfully, I'm not going to have to uh, engage in that too much. But uh, so people will work, you know, 80 or 90 years of their life. And so what does that mean for the work environment and how we transition people, how we utilize people, the, the traditional ways that we use to sort of hire, uh, promote people, place them in various roles? And so broadening your, if you're an HR professional, broadening your perspective outside of HR to think about the external environment and about the work, I think is really important from a macro level. Uh, so from a tactical sort of level, the the thing that I have noticed over and over and over again in all of my travels is that uh, leadership, as a general rule, this is a, a big blanket statement, is a little lacking. And oftentimes it's really not the leader's fault necessarily. I think we've not done a great job of helping to prepare uh, people for leadership roles. Uh, leader, and I mean leadership at all levels. Uh, so someone is a deep subject matter expert, let's say, in accounting and uh, there's a vacancy for a manager role, and certainly whoever is this deep subject matter expert, the organizational thinking is they should probably be able to be a great leader of accountants. And, of course, that's where the, the key point of failure really occurs. So leadership, 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 and taking a macro view, that's really my message to HR professionals. And it's something I tell myself every day. Man, I love that first piece that you said too, because the uh, I like you at certainly at a much less storied level uh, have a background in healthcare as an executive, and man, that it, HR does not exist for its own self. There are about four hundred people I know need to hear that who are in HR right now that I used to work with. Um, so, thank you for that. Yeah, but I, also, thanks for the call for leadership. I'm, I'm go ahead. No, to... I was just going to say, I, and I've actually been one of those people, so I can speak with some authority on that. <laughs> nice. <path. laughs> um, well, this seems to give us a good entree, I think, to the topic of you going from coaching skeptic and really sort of an anti-coaching uh, point of view to one where you yourself are a uh, credentialed coach or a certified coach through Marshall Goldsmith in the International Coach Federation. Um, you're, that's quite a, quite a journey from no coaching to I'm a coach. What, uh, what did you see? Was it related to this leadership point? You, you know, it actually was uh, to some extent. So, you know, uh, as, as you mentioned earlier, over the, over the years, I've held a variety of roles, really, across a number of industries and professions. And uh, it wasn't terribly long ago. I'm not going to say how long ago because it's a little <laughs> embarrassing. But uh, I, I, I had a, a very specific conversation at a staff meeting. So we were in a staff meeting with uh, myself and my, and my peers and, and our boss. And one of my colleagues brought to the table this idea uh, that we should have a cadre of coaches available for managers and leaders in our organization uh, to tap into. And the idea would be that we would vet uh, coaches. We would have kind of a quote unquote stable of coaches available. And if there was a need, you know, and people had the desire, we would make that service available to our leaders and managers. Uh, and I recall that discussion very vividly. And uh, my reaction was uh, pretty negative, actually. Uh, so my, my point was, why aren't we having uh, managers take on the role of coaching their employees? So that was my perspective at the time, uh, which you can 
here today is a very narrow perspective. But what that did, that whole com- that whole commentary, really just stifled it. It killed the entire conversation because what occurred as a result of that was uh, our boss, who was at the table with us, basically said he agreed, and that that closed the conversation. So that was one period of time. But a few years later, what happened with me is my work began to yield a lot of results. And uh, as a result of that, I was offered a couple of promotions in in pretty rapid succession. Uh, And as I look back on that journey, uh, that was really the beginning of a a sort of a seismic shift for me in my thinking and actually my being uh, sort of around coaching. Uh, And in short, what happened was as I got promoted into these various roles and eventually into the uh, head of HR role, what I found was that uh, no, it, there was no one to give me the kind of information I needed to be successful. Uh, so people tended to sort of tiptoe around issues, and I tended to not get the full flavor of things. And then the other piece that I found was uh, that I really didn't have anyone to turn to. Mm-hmm. Right? There was no, right. so there was no one. There's no one that I could bounce. I did, you know. So there was all of that. Uh, and at the same time, I was working on a project with someone, uh, his name is Ian, uh, who was also, who was a coach and also a consultant. Uh, and, you know, it's just sort of the stars kind of aligned with that. And so I got to talk to Ian a little bit. And uh, then I kind of realized the value of what a good uh, and experienced coach could bring. So what so I hired him to be my coach and to help me through this transition period and being a kind of a new, uh, newly appointed leader of a very large organization, lots of responsibility. And he did a couple of things for me. One, one, one was he held a mirror up to me, uh, which is something that I wasn't getting from clearly from my staff or even from my peers at, at the time. And also reassured me from time to time that, you know, I'm not crazy. <laughs> you know, so uh, and so he was somebody who was, you know, a former HR executive across global organizations. And that really uh, and it's somebody that I admired a great deal. And, and he was able to help me. And I found that, you know, having a coach helped me connect at a much deeper level with my team and my colleagues. It helped me become a much more authentic leader. And part of that was just getting a lot of clarity around my own values. Mm, beautiful. I, I love that that, you know, you sort of became a convert, and those are the best people, right? Because we're, <laughs> <laughs> we'll carry that torch for a long time. Um, let, me, let me ask about your experience. I've actually got a couple of, of my own axes to grind in here, so I'll just own that. But first of all, um, in your experience, internal or external coaches more useful in an organization? Or do you have an opinion? Uh, my opinion is external. Because? Um, I think that what happens is, um, and, and I think internal coaches can be fine and do do a nice job, but I always, uh, my value uh, really is in the external perspective. There's some value clearly in having people understand the culture and the organization, that sort of thing. Uh, but I think in this, in the environment that we find ourselves in, when things change so rapidly, uh, if you have executives and, or, and people who've been with an organization for 10 or 15 years or so, having someone who has an outside perspective uh, and isn't really kind of embedded within the organization can provide uh, a little bit more clarity and a little bit more uh, 
forward thinking, I guess, uh, innovation kinds of things. Beautiful. Um, if you don't mind, we'll just keep going with this rapid fire no, good. approach. Yeah. Nice. Um, uh, one of the biggest values a coach can bring is to shine light on succession planning, or is that a, is that a futile effort? <laughs> uh, that's a great question. Uh, so I think one of the, the best things that uh, a, a good coach can do is help people uh, kind of get in touch with their authentic selves and to bring that into the work environment. I think succession planning is, is critically important. Uh, I think of it more, a little bit more broadly, I think of it more from a talent development perspective uh, and kind of a talent management workforce planning sorts of things. Uh, and it's kind of like coaching, right? So you decide uh, somewhat, you know, what your needs are five years down the road and you figure, well, you know, these, this group of people can be successors for these sorts of roles, but you don't get married to it, mm. right? So it's sort of like you have a perspective. So I, I throw out a perspective to you as, as your coach uh, you know, I'm not really attached to it too much because things are, in the corporate world, clearly things are a lot more fluid. So I, I think the authenticity piece is what really carries the day. Beautifully said. Um, if you could sort of get all the leaders of all the organizations together and get their attention for a minute, what would you, what would you tell them? What's the, the number one issue you think people need to be uh, slapped around the head and neck with these days? <laughs> uh, I think, you know, may, so from my perspective, uh, and in a sort of as an HR executive, it's really uh, about three things. One is making sure that you are uh, methodical and thoughtful about your hiring process, right? Uh, so it, in my opinion, uh, hiring processes should never be unstructured. There's uh, not a lot of data to support that you end up with great results there. Uh, and they should be based on competencies. So what does the organization think is important to be successful at our organization or in our industry in general? So that's one piece. The other piece is develop your leaders and develop, you know, so my, in my previous role, uh, my task really was to develop a path of development for every staff member who wanted to avail themselves of that development. Wow. Not all staff, not all staff want to be developed. Some people just want to show up every day, do a good job. And they're, they're perfectly fine with that. Put in those people in data entry. Put them in there right now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. And every organization sort of needs that. And then, you know, mm. being able to make the tough decisions. So the third leg, so hiring, hiring right uh, and, and not paying attention to time to hire and sort of meaningless statistics, hiring the right people and hiring the very best people that you can find, uh, developing the people that you have, and then helping the people who can't be developed or don't fit in with the organization, helping them find their what's next, whatever that may be. So that really is sort of the formula uh, that I would uh, promulgate to uh, this group of leaders that we would pull together. And extra credit for using promulgate in a sentence. Beautiful. <laughs> all right. I've been, waiting a, I've been waiting a long time to use that in a sentence. <laughs> you did not go to all those colleges for nothing, mister. Um, all right, we've got about, uh, I want to call it three minutes roughly, and if you don't mind, I'll take one and give you the other two. How about that? The, right. the one that I like, and it's just for me, is I have this experience that different, organ different types of organization have different um, cultures, and you work in organizations that are large and governmental, right? You've been in Library of Congress and GAO. You're at 
Henry M. Jackson Foundation now. You've been at AARP and the Federal Election Commission. My sense is most of those organizations, and certainly the ones uh, in the government, require a certain amount of um, covertness. In other words, there's always something on the wall, right? This is our plaque. This is our mission. This is our our uh, vision statement, whatever it is. And then there's what's really going on. And those are two different things. Is that your experience? Or do you have a, a different view? Or were you able to impact the culture in some way? Yeah, so that's an excellent question. So as, as I know that you're, you're aware, I mean, every organization has a culture already. Uh, so it's sort of the, the question is sort of putting your finger on it. I do think that in my experience across all of these different industries and, and different professions, that there does seem to be oftentimes, oftentimes a real disconnect between uh, the outward-facing part of the organization, which is what you alluded to with the plaque, mm-hmm. and the employee experience, right? And that creates using coaching language that creates a lot of dissonance i think for employees because one of the things so what will happen in that circumstance is an organization will say we have these values and i'll pick one let's say collaboration Mm -hmm. uh and what happens is you know if we don't have within our organizations the means to help people become better collaborators or to uh offer that to employees then that creates this dissonance or this disconnect and and if you're lucky you have employees who recognize that, and they'll say things like, wow, you know, my organization really says they believe in collaboration, but, you know, there's no collaboration going on in my department. But typically what you'll have is sort of this disconnect, and that's what a lot of people in my industry talk about with employee engagement uh, and why that's so important. And, and uh, data after data, research after research demonstrates the value and the power of an engaged workforce in terms of profitability, in terms of getting your message across, your net promoter scores, all of the things that your board of directors care about uh, is really driven by an engaged employee population. And that really is a critical piece of that. Man, I love your passion about it, but I've I've mis- misspoken. You've got about 45 seconds. How do we find you? How can we work with you? And uh, then maybe just a thought to leave us with. Yeah, perfect. Thank you. Well, again, thank you so much. Uh, so people can reach out to me on LinkedIn. Uh, I'm in the process of revising uh, my personal uh, website. So LinkedIn is a great place to start. And I'm also uh, at your HR ideas on Twitter. Great. So let's just say that again. So again, people, if you're looking for how to spell his name, it's J-O-H-N-S-I-G-M-O-N. That's John Sigmund. You can reach him through LinkedIn. Just look, look him up. And, um, or at your HR ideas on Twitter. Is that right? That is correct. All right, John, you got a few seconds to leave us with a thought for the day. What would you have us consider or, or take with us today? Uh, when you are uh, dealing with clients who are stuck in their careers have them focus on their values. Beautifully done. Well done, sir. Thank you so much. A man who clearly knows what he's doing, John Sigmund there. Check him out on LinkedIn. That's J-O-H-N-W, Sigmund, S-I-G-M-O-N. When we come back, we will have more of today's edition of The Coaching Show and talk with somebody who's a firebrand, a disruptor, right up to these words. Stay with us. Tired of presentations with no impact, no inspiration, and no traction? Do dull speakers have you and your team disengaged and distracted by smartphones? Christopher McAuliffe brings energy, insights, and two decades of experience delivered with punch, humor, and heart. Your team will leave energized, uplifted, and with a sense of purpose. Visit ChristopherMcAuliffe.com to bring some heat to your next speaking engagement. M-C-A-U-L-I-F-F-E. 
ChristopherMcCullough.com. Are you seeking to change your career to something that is both fulfilling and challenging? Do you want to help people reach their full potential and strive to achieve their dreams? Would you like to inspire those around you and help create a better world? If you're serious about a career change or just want to explore the craft of personal coaching, contact Accomplishment Coaching with locations across the country in Washington, D.C., Seattle, Chicago, New York City, and San Diego. Accomplishment Coaching is the leading institution in personal coaching. Our staff carefully monitors the entire program live during the training process and have met the strict standards of ICF International to achieve accreditation. Through a focus on quality instruction rather than endless modules of training, Accomplishment Coaching will guide you from your very first step all the way to becoming one of the finest coaches in the world. Visit AccomplishmentCoaching.com to learn more. Accomplishment Coaching, where coaches lead and leaders coach. Christopher McAuliffe is your source for the latest in the world of personal coaching. Whether it be speaking with such luminaries as Deepak Chopra or getting the newest techniques and innovation, the coaching show is always on the cutting edge of what's happening now. Gotham Books presents Marriage Rules by Harriet Lerner. The book Martha Beck calls required reading for anyone hoping to interact successfully with any other human, not just for those in romantic relationships. Get your copy wherever books and ebooks are sold and visit harrietlearner.com to learn how to change your marriage today. Do you want to be a professional coach? Are you in business trying to make a real difference with people you manage or work with? Have you started a coaching practice that isn't quite getting off the ground? Get the skills you need to be a successful coach today with the Coach's Training Program from Accomplishment Coaching. The Coach's Training Program will show you how to help others focus and be more fulfilled. Whether you want to improve your company's bottom line or create a thriving coaching practice, Accomplishment Coaching can give you the distinctions and practices you need to coach others effectively today. Accomplishment Coaching has spent six years developing a cutting-edge coaches training program that will have you ready to coach people professionally in just 12 months, and you don't have to take time off work to do it. To find out more about the coaches training program, just call 1-888-548-6813. That's 1-888-548-6813. 